commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Tess Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your online news show with in-depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for a news segment rundown for November 21st, 2020. Reading Raptor, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. But first, Bo-Katan reported to return to the animation. But first, rumors of a Boba Fett series spread across the galaxy. Now for your host, Ben Gunn-Levin, to discuss. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Thank you. Welcome to another week of Core World News. Um, really looking forward to uh, talking about lots of other uh, new aspects of the galaxy that don't uh, involve the Mandalorian. In this episode, we're going to have another standalone it seems like when we record them, they go on forever. So uh, the, our Mandalorian episodes heretofore will probably be their own deal. Um, but today we're going to talk about this exciting news um, that there will be a very related spinoff involving Boba Fett. We're just going to confirm it right now. Let's just throw couch into the wind. And it's uh, uh, yeah. Boba Fett series confirmed. Totally. Con- Are we doing this confer- right now? Let's just Is confirm. Is yeah. news exclusive? We've sure. you know, We've got we we heard from a quarren somewhere in uh, the middle rim that uh put, that this is a definite this is a definite so we'll just take it as a definite. Um, okay. So that's a good one. Um, we're also going to cover the first couple two chapters of uh from a certain point of view for um Empire Strikes Back and uh, yeah, which will be exciting. And before that, we will uh cover the Lego holiday special. So. What a day. What a day. Yeah. Let's um, start off with this spinoff. This is the first I've heard. You said you've heard some of these rumors um, about this Boba Fett spinoff earlier. This is the first I heard about it was five minutes ever, ago. Ever since his head popped up at the end of uh, season or episode one of the season. Yeah. There's been a lot floating around the internets. Now, I was very dubious about it when it first started, but part of what's going on from what I've been able to piece together from several reports is that Lucasfilm is beginning, sh- beginning to shoot a project under the title, the Buccaneer. Oh, right. um, as we, as you may or may not know, I mean, you guys know, but our listeners, as you may or may not know, um, most productions have a different title um, in order to, you know, confiscate right, a working to title, obfuscate and obfuscate people who are looky lose like uh Return of the Jedi was Blue Harvest, I think was the name. I think of, I knew of the... Hope was Blue Harvest, right? Um, I don't think so because no one cared about what Star Wars was when Star Wars was shooting. I yeah, think it yeah. might have been Empire yeah. or okay. Return of the Jedi. All right, it was called that to to get away, get rid of the looky lose. But um, so there's a rumor that that's shooting, and there's also been a lot of casting that's been happening around an untitled Star Wars uh, project. I think is the way they're referring to. Um, the other thing that's happening at the same time, which is why I'm a little hesitant about saying this is definitely a Boba Fett series, is that uh, Falvra has confirmed in various discussions that the third season of The Mandalorian will begin shooting by the end of 2020, which is like five weeks away <laughs> if you're if you're looking at your calendar. Um, so part of me just thinks the Buccaneer does sound like what you would name the third season of The Mandalorian since the first season's all like samurai the second season super western so is the third season just going to be swashbuckling you know so that's my little like um, i'm a little 
maybe this is just the third season of the Mandalorian. Maybe not. Maybe it's a Boba Fett series. Anyway, See, if this comes down to swashbuckling boss. and possible pirate activity, I would hope that this is the the Leslie Headland show and that this is yeah. quite possibly like a, a pirate queen character like Maz was in the past or something something exciting that's 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 new and different. Maybe Afra. Maybe it's Cassian. I don't know. But but like you said, if the Mandalorian is indeed shooting in five weeks, I mean, it's pretty much the that would be the the most intuitive answer is that, yeah, it's probably right. Favreau's production and it's probably going under Buccaneer, you know, for that time. At being. the same time to then, you know, downplay what I just said, um, the Mandalorian, as you will hear in the next episode, is killing it on Disney Plus. I think the rumors are that it's it's earning like it's it's viewership is five times the next closest thing on Disney Plus right now. So it's drawing all of the eyes to Disney Plus. They Disney is all in on franchising the Mandalorian, doing TV. They want to do this. So it makes sense that they want to get shows running. We know that Obi-Wan and Cassie Andor are going to happen, but they're clearly somewhat delayed for a lot of different reasons. So maybe it makes sense that they're trying to push something. And they know Boba Fett's probably going to be a winner. And I don't know if they're maybe shooting a mini series right like a limited series maybe you tell a four episode thing i don't know right so this rumor i I picked up on comicbook.com but they picked it up from uh, the direct um, and they reported that jordan uh, bolger from peaky blinders is in talks for a supporting role in this series Um, and he also uh, they also report that this would be a prequel to the mandalorian so covering pretty much Boba Fett's escape from the Sarlacc onward and his his sojourns there, um, presumably just on Tatooine, which seems a little wild. Um, again, it's conjecture, but we're confirming it. Um, but it would be interesting. I, I don't know. I, for me, it, it's it's two paths that like probably, you know, only Kathleen Kennedy can choose. One is to go the like, like you said, Adam, it's, uh, you know, pretty much a sure shot. If you do a Boba Fett series, you're going to draw eyes. Um, But the other path is definitely grants, which is like entirely new content, which we really haven't had yet. Um, And I'm really looking forward to I just, you know, I I love the Mandalorian. It's, it's, you know, lore bombs and nostalgia bombs like everywhere. Um, And it feels really good. But um, I would also love to see a whole new cast of characters in live action in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, That would be really fun. And then sprinkle in some familiar, you know, things here and there, uh, maybe characters and whatnot. But um, I mean, you know, Mandalorian actually really is a brand new character. And so is a child. And that that's a whole new cast as well. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just defeated my own point. And it's time for a, a nostalgia bomb like. Um, Boba Fett, but um, I, I wouldn't hate another series with with brand new cast. Yeah, it just feels rushed for Star Wars, which, if anything, has been very subdued in their time. Right, like they tend to pump brakes more than step on the gas pedal. Right, and and they've been so tentative about using the intellectual property that is Boba Fett over the years. It was like he was going to be in video games, and he wasn't going to be in video games, and you know. He was going to have his own uh, feature like film and then uh, that fell through. And then, you know, um, I don't know. A a series makes sense. There's probably a lot of uh, material from those first conceptual forays that they can carry over to uh, 
to to this series if they want to do it. But well, it sounds except, like there's yeah. a through line from George's Underworld scripts to The Mandalorian. Mm. And yeah, that's, that's because uh, it didn't didn't George develop a, like the Emperor and Boba Fett and a lot of these underworld characters in his scripts for that show that he was working. Yeah, on? the like, the hundred scripts he wrote. Yeah, like the hundred odd scripts he yeah. had for that show. Yeah, I think there was some true. Boba Fett yeah. development in there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Favreau has been privy to that those scripts because it makes sense sure. that they would let him look at that stuff. Maybe yeah, that's a good point, it. right? Like you have a lot of pre written material that you could fall back on. I think Favreau is the Trojan horse for Underworld, honestly. He's basically going to bring all those elements in. Do we have a director for the series yet? Because is I no. mean, so we George Lucas confirmed director for this series? <laughs> George, George Lucas may have directed the last episode in this season because I heard it's like under rat. Like, no, you don't know who directs that last episode. Oh, what? I'll spread, right. that. I'll spread that rumor. That's a rumor. Yeah, right, I love it. That's a solid rumor. I... <laughs> I will say say writing right now is going crazy in Hollywood because like so you have um, the Suicide Squad. (laughs) You have the Suicide Squad coming out later this year and it's James Gunn wrote that wrote that uh, book or wrote that movie. And then when he's been in covid lockdown he wrote 12 episodes of uh, the John Cena character as an HBO Max TV show. The, was it Peacemaker? Is that his name? Peacemaker. So it wouldn't surprise me if John, if, if John Favreau is just like, I got time. I wrote six episodes of this thing. Like, maybe they are ready, right? Because, like, what else is everyone doing right now? He's not shooting He's, Chef Show. That's what he does in quarantine. That's what John Favreau yeah. does. Like, we, you know, Jenny learns how to raise yeast. And I, I don't know. I, I do a weird vaporwave album, and John Favreau writes a Boba Fett miniseries. Right. Maybe he puts his pants on one leg at a time, but the difference is when he puts his pants on, he makes Boba Fett episodes. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, by the time he put his leg on, he made sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know it is possible to change fate. There are infinite paths and infinite possibilities, but you. All right. And uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about uh, Lego for the first time. Uh, Lego is a bunch of media online um, with Star Wars. If you go on Disney Plus, there's a bunch of shows that I never knew existed. But uh, one piqued our interest and um, they decided to do another holiday special, uh, despite the first holiday special back in, oh, 79 78 uh it was right after new hope so let's say 78 yeah. yeah it was 78 um then it was quite a treat we covered it uh live um a couple of years ago in an episode uh, a life day special um they call this one the holiday special and um they they this time we go to uh we we celebrate life day again apparently life day has been canceled for all the time in between the two life days uh, because of the empire, but now it's back on. And, um, and we pick up right after the occurrences of episode nine. So this is our first like post episode nine content ever. Um, So how could we not watch this holiday special and enjoy it? 
Uh, what'd you guys uh big takeaways? You guys you guys you both watched. There's it. actually some yeah. pretty incredible character development at the start. Of I know <laughs> Ray is training yeah. Finn to be training a Jedi. Finn. And we have been yeah. talking about this in the podcast for a yeah. long time. We were all like, yeah. I think Finn is destined to be a Jedi. When is this gonna happen? I can't wait to see this. And we finally got to glimpse it. We got to glimpse just this the the early days of the, this this activity where he's learning to be a Jedi and it's really cool. Yeah. I, I had it was it, obviously it's Lego, so it's it's yeah. you know it's not canon. It's just it's right. It's kind of common it's like, there. It's very silly. Yeah. yeah, I had to yell at myself internally. Stop it at least ten times throughout this thing because I loved that started with we see the yellow lightsaber, we see her training Finn, and yeah. I hear myself not not really canon. Just sit back and enjoy the silly jokes yeah. about the right. thing you love instead of trying to analyze. So they're taking people out of time stream. They got to put them back and erase their memories at some point, right? Nope. They fully do not address any of that, which is fine <laughs> because it's a fun show. Like and I had to keep telling you, it's meant to be not parody. You're right. It's, it's not. Like parody. It's, yeah. Uh, it's the lo- logical extension of what you know his story, his and Ray's story could be. You know, it's mm-hmm. like oh, this that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was a, it grounded um, it grounded the, the the holiday special in a fun way. It did. I really enjoyed it. It was really silly. I, I watched it on Life Day and then um, really enjoyed it. Had a heck of a time. I remember almost nothing about it, <laughs> which is not a, not necessarily. But I don't mean that it's as an quite insult, a life right? Day. Like it's, it's, quite a life day there. I did, but it's just a fun like there's so I remember chuckling throughout the entirety of it and then just being like, that was great. I'll watch this every year. I remember Poe being outrageous, and I loved it. (laughs) Yep. I loved every second of it. Uh, Poe, at one point, says, uh, I think he burns the turkey or something, and he goes, the greatest, this is the greatest intergalactic. Yeah, Yeah, the tibia, I'm sorry. And he goes, this is the greatest intergalactic. Apparently, I remember more than I thought. (laughs) This is the greatest intergalactic disaster since Jar Jar's speech at the Senate or Senate speech. That was, was like, no. Oh, yeah. The Jar Jar reference. That's There's Jar-Jar. a lot of deep cuts on there. Um yeah, most notably half of Darth Maul somewhere through just sort of like hobbling around on his upper torso. Yes. Um, I think where, my other um, the uh Kylo tells the Emperor Vader throws you down the reactor shaft and there's no coming back from that. There's directly down camera. Yeah, I that's my favorite part of the entirety. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many great things. I mean, do you want to shoot first? Uh it's a wrap. Um hello there, hello there, hello there. Like it it was just it was kind of perfect for every every inside joke for Star Wars fans. The Vader moment was my favorite uh where impressive impressive most impressive most impressive impressive. heavy breathing heavy breathing (laughs) (laughs) and then there's after that (laughs) i also appreciated that like vader was again a gray type character like not between the black and white and through the entirety of his like and i love that towards it's like so you're killing them and you're going after them and you're you're all coming after me. like I just love that thing yeah, like he doesn't know where he stands in this whole thing. Doesn't the emperor doesn't it like pan to the emperor and he goes no 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 you're on my side or something. It's yeah, yeah. on my side. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah, that was so good. It's hilarious. It I was yeah. laughing out. We get to see uh, Chewie's family again, which was great. Yeah, yeah the whole, whole I'm so happy. But then yeah. he's immediately gravitates to Maz. <laughs> so <laughs> so my wife I was like what is happening right now. 
Yeah, my wife who enjoyed this tremendously, the only time she turned over, she's like, so wait, in this, in this <laughs> canon, yeah, exactly, in this canon, he does have family. I'm like, yeah, apparently. And like, she goes, okay, so that was weird with Maz. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're going to make a joke of it. Nope. They never make a joke of the fact that Maz refers to another woman's husband as her boyfriend. I mean, she is nine times as old as him. It might be like that your mom's funny friend who's a million years yeah. old that's like, oh, where's my boyfriend? You know, like, yeah, it could absolutely. be that, that degree of separation. I, I always took it jokingly. Like, they're not literally. Like, he, she just has a crush on him. And it's kind of this fun little thing. But yeah. it's weird to do that in front of the person's <laughs> wife. And then the, the not have Mala just growl or something. Like, just, like, it was, like okay, there's a that's joke the there improvement they could have done to this, this and, like yes, not that I you know, or or write me as a or hire me as a writer, fine. But like it's just it was weird where I'm like that was enough to like throw my wife off of it for a second, and then to them not make a joke of it, and I was just like, should we address this in a jokey? No, okay, we're just moving past it. Well, it was it was done physically because he like gives her like a you know like a piggyback ride around something like yeah, it's sort of silly and funny yeah, like yeah. Uh, physical humor after that. Um, there was a lot of fun uh, Lego physical humor as well. Um, yeah. Like, like you know, when Snoke gets cut in half and it's just like, it's just like you take apart the two parts of the like Lego <laughs> and that yeah. falls in the ground. Yeah. I don't know. That's good Lego humor. I think um, uh, <laughs> Poe gets his hair slapped around his head at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just sort of funny. And uh, yeah, good times. Uh, Side note, I've heard all the other like the is it the Free Builder series or the or the Yoda Chronicles, which is the other Lego shows that have been around for a while that deal with Star Wars. I've heard yeah. really good things about and I've never actually sat down and watched them. And I think the series made me think I might I might delve into those a little bit. I think they're yeah. kind of fun. I like this a lot. And I've heard really good things about like the apparently the Yoda Chronicles are are, are R2D2 and three C3PO retelling the the trilogies. <laughs> and through Lego stuff, so I might I might delve into that. I enjoyed this enough. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it got me looking down the the line of content they have on Disney Plus, and I might do uh, Forces of Destiny actually because there's some wild stuff there. I highly highly recommend. Um, when I was in last November, I don't know, time has no meaning anymore. When I was in San Francisco for my conference, I think we actually just did the we did the the Mandalorian um, oh, premiere premiere right way yeah. back then when I was I was on the West Coast and I could not sleep in my hotel room. I just watched the entire first season of, of Forces of Destiny on Disney Plus because it just premiered. and I was looking for yeah. things to watch. I highly I stand by the Forces of Destiny. They're really good. There's and an IG88 appearance. Yes, like, there is. Yeah, he's the yeah. most like hidden character in this whole you know genre and it's like yeah. there's all these weird team-ups with Jin Erso. Yep. she's all over yeah. it it's awesome and it's really good it's super short each episode's like a few minutes long but they're yeah. really good I yeah. highly recommend the I'm gonna go on a little yeah. better of those yeah, yeah, yeah but we digress a little bit <laughs> sorry uh, Grant did I cut you off on something there no 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 I just I was I was happy with this being a sort of time travel adventure yeah, story. yeah and it too. felt it was it was fittingly fittingly a kind of meta and self reflexive and, and because I feel like the the sequel trilogy and the Skywalker saga as a whole has kind of become so self reflexive and, and and echoes we've seen so many echoes of certain scenes that it was this kind of was the cherry on top of yeah. this, this the the Skywalker saga and and it really just 
yeah parodied it parodied moments and, and it was such great commentary it was the comedy was really well written i i was i was super astounded by how awesome the, sh- the movie was yeah you're right it was like a little comic relief tie up of the skywalker saga it's like when I mean, we saw a landmark moment you know when um when uh, rise of skywalker came out and you know for star wars and this is put a nice little bow on it like a little recap and like let's think about this again with some perspective a year later um yeah it was really nice it's really nice it's interesting as i wonder when this was made in comparison to episode nine because the only episode nine thing we really get is when i think she kind of falls through and sees the star destroyers around exegol and part yeah. of me really was hoping that the emperor would see himself on a jib arm like yeah, i really yeah, thought the lego emperor jib arm oh man yeah because he's that like how are things bad. going and she's like well <laughs> or an after credit scene where it's just the jib arm comes out and he's just like <laughs> creep show yeah, yeah. <laughs> i also love the characterization of the emperor in this in this whole thing i really like that's my favorite yeah. thing it's just it's a, it's very robot uh, chicken as it totally is yeah yeah if you haven't seen the robot chicken star wars episodes do yourself a favor it's uh, yeah. a bunch of cheap laughs there it's a good time um yeah agreed Right on. Um, anything else? Yeah. So, I mean, really what this boiled down to was like actually the overall story, like the Ray stuff and, the, you know, was really cool uh, and very yeah. prescient. And, and I'm a good indicator to the future. Like if the sequel sequel trilogy does happen, as um, we were talking about it anyways, um, it's good to know that she's training Finn and they're together. And I mean, it'd be great if he was pupil one. Right. And then they start a school and. He becomes yep. sort of like a lieutenant. That's sort of the way I've, uh, I've always sort of dreamt it up. Agreed. So, yeah. And a teacher himself someday. Mm-hmm. Anything else uh, you all want, want to talk about this? I mean, I think it's also a, sorry, I keep asking you if you want to say something and I say something. <laughs> How about I ask you, do you actually have something you'd like to say? I have one uh, thing after you're done. I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> How about you, Grant? I'm also good. You're, all right. You're well, the other, I mean, go. It makes it just from Lego's point of view, this makes a lot of sense because if you have a bunch of sets from a bunch of different eras, it's okay to play with them together. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, so, all right, that's that. So let's go on to a certain point of view. Cool. Welcome to a special edition of Reading Ratar, where we're going to cover, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think we, yeah, we talked about this last week. We're going to kind of take this a little bit slow and cover a couple of chapters every week. I think last week we said we're going to cap- chapter cover one chapter, and then we realized by math that means we're going to be doing this for about a year of our lives. <laughs> so we decided to do two chapters a week. Um, That'll take us to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Um, So and and so we're going to talk about the first uh, two chapters this week. The Eyes of the Empire by Kirsten White and Hunger by Mark Oshiro. Um, I guess we'll take these one at a time. But uh, Grant, Ben, any kind of first reactions to Eyes of the Empire by Kirsten White? Oh, I loved, loved 
Eyes of the Empire. Mm -hmm. uh, juicy details about Operation Swarm. Yeah. Uh, fantastic characters. Beautiful imagery of planets and this wonderful character, Mela, who grew up on, I believe, the planet where the Viper droids are manufactured, Vulpter. Yes. And yeah. she always lived a, kind of, a life much like Luke Skywalker, where she was kind of subdued by her parents yeah. and, and, and kind of, you know, treated it, as, you know. Yeah. It wasn't listed, you know, we had a hard time, you know, growing up there. And then she eventually just, you know, made something herself by joining the Empire and joined this, this, drone this kind of spy spy unit this imperial kind of overwatch unit where they, they actually pilot these uh these viper droids the probe droids from empire strikes back and so when you see those droids launching out of the star destroyer in the beginning you just know yeah. that she's the operator who she's yeah. looking out the the this optic sensor of the droid it's yeah. really cool it's a really really cool uh short story yeah and i love their use of the term viper droids right because i think we first we we hear that they talked a lot about that yeah. in solo so i appreciate seeing that sorry ben go ahead i was just gonna say i'm, I'm just so purely in love with the sci-fi aspect of this short um yeah this, i mean if you step back and think like these are like essentially drones like we have drones now that we you know set up and like drone yeah. cameras and things it's like, oh, I can, you know, get this sky high view of the terrain that I'm in right now. But like, think about doing that on different planets for a second. And like you, where you can just walk first person through like any planet in the system. Like that is my new like mental fantasy for Star Wars. It's just like yeah. doing that. I mean, <clears throat> to see the landscapes and like the people and like, you know, yeah. all the, it's just it's a really cool idea. And um, and and yes, also all the like Empire protocol stuff around it is is yeah. beautiful. You can see it in your mind. You know this base station of all these people operating their drones, trying to to do searches and stuff. It did a good job of the depersonalization of drone pilots at times, right? Because like yeah, they you do you hear them like the people the grunts quote unquote grunts, which are not grunts, but the people monitoring the video and the feedback. They're not you can see them in this short story, not really thinking about the fact that they're trying to sniff out the rebellion. They're just looking for something they've been ordered to look for. And they're they're spending their time shooting the blank, talking about which planet yeah. they would want to live on. Like I just love that whole in-between of then and then in such a short number of pages, the awakening of this character as she starts to realize the horror she's actually involved yeah. with, the destruction she's involved with. It's really quite beautiful. Yeah, they're the observers and surveyors, mm -hmm. and she's looking for an escape essentially. And she's loves her job of of looking through the the eye of these probe droids. It's it's fantastic, and I have to agree with you, Ben. It felt very sci-fi. Just the imagery yes. this yeah. issue felt very sci-fi. I, I wanted to live and breathe this issue. I would have loved to have seen this on screen in some in some way. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but we know that she's in the the probe droid that uh, gets destroyed in uh, Empire. Right. And then she right. had spotted yep. the shield generators, uh, a lot of cannon kind of uh, uh, weaving there that I thought was really, mm -hmm. really ingenious. Um, and then uh, I'll let one of you guys um, comment on maybe some of the further plot stuff or what, what she discovers <laughs> at the end. Because there's another. Yeah, I mean, like the big yeah. End. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll take this one. So apparently one of these Viper droids goes to Dagobah. Mm hmm. And yeah. sees finds an X-wing crashed in a yeah. swamp. <laughs> yeah, which is the whole you know Luke 
uh, storyline, like his training scene, like they could have crashed Dagobah and like fought Yoda and done all that stuff. And she was like, nah, because like, I know what she did. Yeah. yeah. She's just like, I'm not gonna, like, she'll keep her position looking at star. She's like, but I'm not going to be part of genocide anymore. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, part of it's like when it started happening, I'm just like, really? And then I'm like, I love this. Yeah. I love this idea. Right. Like just, Cause it's that it's the will of the force. I just felt right, the will yeah. of the force at the very end of this. Of like, if any of those other drone or viper people saw this, it would have been the end of Yoda. It would have been the end of the rebellion. But because this one person who had this awaken and found it, the right one person was controlling yeah. this one viper droid, and she changed the entire fate of the empire by just hitting that delete button. Yeah, yeah. Still, I'd take Yoda against the field at that point. <laughs> <laughs> like All right. Yoda and, and and Padawan Luke against a you know battalion of uh, oh, Imperials so. and and Vader. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I mean I'd love to, to see self, it. Hide on yeah. Vulpter if the Empire is searching for you because right. <laughs> I believe at one point in this short story that they say that they did not send a probe. They would not send probe droids to Vulpter because it right. doesn't make any sense because of their manufacturing. The droids were created, which yeah. I'm like, I don't yeah. get that logic. That's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just want to mention this is uh, Kirsten White. This is her first foray, I believe, into the Star Wars universe. Um, she's an author of uh, mostly young adult books. Um, she has a couple series that were fairly popular, the Paranormalcy. I was just looking at her um, kind of her CV, and she wrote a book uh, called "The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein." And I had just reread the uh, read Frankenstein by Mary Shelley last year, and I'm like, "Ooh, I got to pick this book up because it's basically a retelling of it, but from the wife's perspective." Oh, who nice. gets oh, wow. short shrift in Mary Shelley's uh, original mm-hmm. novel. So I'm like, I'm going to need to pick this up. But I really like this. And I hope they give her more to do um, if she wants it in the Star Wars in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, absolutely. This was awesome. Um, all right, cool. So we covered that one. And then uh, the next one was just like heart wrenching. This was oh, it was tough. Yeah, this, <laughs> so this is from the Wampa. Maybe real sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know where this is going. Like. You didn't really at yep. first because it's like a wampa with his family, loving his family and going out and you learn about the hunting, you know, habits and of Hoth and these very sentient creatures. And you're like, oh, no, I'm like, oh, at least this isn't the wampa. And then I was like, oh, no, he's the wampa. Yeah. Well, pretty extensive yeah. backstory reveal. Yeah. <laughs> this story. Yeah. Uh, he had he was in control of those caverns, essentially, that the, yeah. the rebels had taken over. Yeah. Stay yeah, that was his habitat. That was, that was his dwelling. Yeah, I watching those films, I had always thought that the rebels like burned those cavern caverns or made them, constructed them in some way. No, I mean it makes sense if you needed a quick base, you'd look in there. You're like, oh, there's these great caverns. Let's just move in. You know, there's so they, hardly. They, they any took his house. home. They, they essentially, it's it's implied that they took out his family, right? Or scattered his family. I, yeah, I always thought that. Like, yeah, I. In order to be able to sleep after reading this, I go with that they chase the family away and he will eventually find his family and be reunited because otherwise their life is horrible. I mean, that's what keeps them going, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it is, yeah, I mean, it, it does come there where it, it, the episode goes or the chapter goes all the way until it's empty again. The You know, they've the emperor's you know empire has routed out the yeah. rebellion and then everyone's gone you know and there's just a bunch of dead and he's like so i can have my house back all right cool yeah i mean this this chapter did the thing that a couple of the chapters in the first one did for me which is like 
I'll be really interested to see what my reaction is going to be when I watch Empire Strikes Back again. <laughs> because in the yeah. past, when Luke chops off the Wampa's arm, I'm not like celebrating it, but I feel nothing other than, oh, good, Luke's safe. And now I'm just going to be like, oh, the Wampa sat there for like weeks packing his wounded arm with snow to survive right. to find his family that the rebels chased out of the base. I hate the rebellion. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it explains why he's so ferocious in that moment. But what I love is that they they explore how Luke was hung from the, the cavern ceiling. Yes. Like the, yeah, yeah. The, the Wampa had used its own saliva and then like rubbed his hands against his legs until like some foul kind of substance uh, was on his hands right. to cement yes. the glue and cement Luke's foot to the yeah. ceiling. Like that was really cool stuff. Like I'd always wondered whenever you, you see it in the film and I'd always wondered how, how did that formed? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's so good. And it's just, it's beautifully written. Like I, I just love the perspective from from the Wampa mm-hmm. and just like how alien humans would be to this thing and like just how alien <clears throat> like everything would be. Like I just really enjoyed it and it how, was, it was how so it well done. We're we're we are the creatures in this story uh, that it's remarking yeah. upon throughout. Yeah, um, it's, it's yeah. talking about these creatures and it's it's clearly the rebels and it's clearly rebels riding tauntauns and things like that, but it's just yep. described from the Wampa's point of view. And the Wampa even comments on the probe droid crash, which was so cool. I was like, Oh, it's kind of, and then he comments on blaster bolts and lasers. Like it's, it's like, what is this light? What is this like burning searing hot light that burns a hole in me? And then, then sees a, a, a young man holding the light, like holding it in interesting. Yeah. And he's mm. like, wow, this, yeah. this, this creature holds the light. And it, that was really beautiful because we know it's the lightsaber in that moment. And it's, it was yeah. cool to, to get that. It was super cool. It also like raises the stakes for the rest of the book. Um, because, I mean, this was a real, it pulled on the heartstrings and it was it really does, emotional yeah. investment. This isn't going to be a pithy book. It's going to go in a lot of interesting and dramatic ways. And that's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, and, and similar to the last one, this is written by an author, uh, Mark Oshiru, who has not written Star Wars before. Um, and they are kind of relatively new to fiction. I think before this, they wrote a lot of um, uh, reactions to reading books. Apparently, that was like a good, a very popular blog that was written. Like they like like Mark reads. Um, what was it? Harry Potter. And then Mark reads Twilight and then wrote this kind of reaction to it. <laughs> which is supposed to be very well i haven't read them but i have to i might read through their harry potter series it's fun but uh, i think they've had two young adult novels but i was reading through and uh their first was anger is a gift and i was just reading the front cover and the 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 you know usually has like a pull quote on the front of a book yeah the pull quote is a beautiful and be- brutal debut and i'm like <laughs> Wouldn't that work just as well for this chapter? A beautiful yeah. and brutal chapter. Like they clearly have a style, which I really appreciate. And I hope again they get to write some more for Star Wars. Absolutely. Good. Exquisite, exquisite work. Yeah. Um anything else? We can talk about what, what we're gonna read next week. What are what we you reading have? next week? I'm reading with the with the listeners, so Yeah. Uh next week we have Ion Control by Emily uh Skrutiski. I'm sure I butchered that, but I tried my best. Uh and then A Good Kiss by C B Lee. So it sounds like we're clearly gonna be in the rebel rebel hoth base for the next couple of chapters at least. Indeed, I have read ahead and yes. 
It's uh, <laughs> some good stuff. Um, good water cooler talk around in, yeah. in the Hoth base. Um, cool. Um, awesome. Thanks for uh, listening to this one. Make sure you uh, listen to our Mandalorian special for episode 12, um, which will be posted um, right after this one. Um, so thanks so much. Thanks so much, uh, all our listeners, um, for doing that. Um, Star Wars is cranking on. Um, we're in full swing right now. And, um, so it's fun to be able to do two episodes a week. Um, yeah. And, um, so thanks so much. And, uh, we'll talk to you next week. May the force be with you always. This is Grex Kondak signing off for the latest breaking news. Follow at core world news on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always.